Welcome to the sermon podcast of Old Bridge Baptist Church. Our mission at OBBC is to make disciples of Christ who connect with God, others, ministry, and the lost. We pray that the following sermon will encourage you in your walk with Christ today. Visit us on the web anytime at obb.church. My family and I came to this church, and uh, we've been coming ever since. We have had great relationships with the people here. But the wonderful thing was the teaching that I got here. Not only me, my, my family as well, my boys, uh, in one way or the other, we're, both of my boys are in the trucking business as well as I am, and that's been my life. I, I did 37 and a half years over the road and over three and a half million miles driving professionally. So that's just a little bit, but the teaching was one of the things, and not only the instruction here, but also the, the, the call to go forth was here. And as I learned that God had given me certain gifts endowed to me and entrusted with me to use, it caused me to want to go out. And so uh, it was always on my mind to do whatever God wanted me to do, wherever he would lead me to, to, to go, I told him I would follow. And so uh, that was one of the things that motivated me um, in trying to get into a ministry that was worthy of, of uh, uh, you know, the talents that he had given me. The interesting thing was that had you told me in 1976 that I one day would be a missionary, I would have never believed it. But God used it. He used me through uh, the Gideon's Jail ministry. He used me through many other ministries. He led me to great people who were mentors to me along the way, caused me to study, uh, to show myself approved, and to rightly divide the word of God to make sure that what I was saying was in fact God's word, not Rich's word. And so that's one of the reasons that I went out. So um, in 2001, I started to affiliate myself with Truckers Christian Chapel Ministries. And I thought it was a great ministry. It was a great ministry. It still is, uh, in some factions, still running today. I worked my way up through that ministry and became uh, the president of uh, TCCM. And um, I saw a decline of our chaplains. I saw a decline of people who were coming into the ministry. And uh, as a result, I started talking to the ex-president and uh, asking him, you know, what uh, he thought that we needed to do, and he had no recourse. January of this year, I got a phone call from Ron Frazier, who was then the CEO of uh, Transport for Christ, having just been installed in that position, and he just wanted to do a face-to-face, -face, a howdy, how are you doing, and um, let's uh, get to meet one another and see what's, uh, what we can share in our ministries to, to uh, uh, see what we agree with, and so we did. And over a six-month period, I was talking with Glenn Cope and uh, found that we had a lot in common with Transport for Christ now because they had gotten away from their Mennonite old ideas. And uh, Ron was a Southern Baptist pastor. Uh, he was changing all of the ideals, all of the boards. Uh, he was changing everything in the ministry uh, for the purpose of the truck drivers to make the, to have them understand things and be in unity and, and in concert with other ministries around the United States. Well, as it is, 
uh, over that six-month period, we started realizing that we were so close together in a lot of things that it may work with a merger. And I presented that to, to Glenn Cope, and, and we started the process on July 1st, and as of September 30th, we culminated that uh, so that at that now, as uh, we are uh, together, uh, Transport for Christ merged with, with uh, Truckers Christian Chapel Ministries, and now we are TFC Global. I like the fact that we are TFC Global because TFC was an international mission as it was. They were in Canada, they were in the United States, and uh, many different aspects. They had a vision for going forward, which in TCCM, I had a vision for going forward. I tried to contact people in uh, Australia. I tried to contact people in, in Europe, and it just wasn't going anywhere. And uh, here these folks already had this all together. So uh, TFC Global, having changed that name through the process of the merging, is now it's a 501c3 uh, tax-deductible ministry. We're evangelical. We're non-denominational. Our chaplains and staff raise funds. Uh, for TFCG, similar to Wycliffe Bible uh, Translators and YRAM, uh, and it's the TFCG has the sole discretion of the distribution of those funds. Uh, TFC, uh, I'm sorry, Transport for Christ has been working with truck drivers in the trucking industry since 1951, and um, we work with a unique group of people who face unique uh, uh, pressures and circumstances, as well as many uh, temptations. You, we, uh, we read at the beginning the Old Testament reading, and a highway shall be there, and a way, and it shall be called a, a way of holiness. And uh, this way of holiness is something that we are really trying to bring out to the whole world. Uh, most of our ministry locations are in mobile chapels, and um, uh, the trailers have been converted into a meeting and a counseling space and uh, an office uh, opportunity also. The chaplains seek su uh, to support the drivers going through hard times. Uh, we have a, 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 an organization inside of us that's called the ICTA, which is the International Christian Truckers Association, um, that these truck drivers become members and they pay for their memberships and those memberships go towards helping other truck drivers who are either out of work, who are stranded, who have illnesses on the road or need to get to the hospital or in some way uh, or shape that we can help them with those funds. And so drivers really appreciate knowing that there's somebody out there to, uh, to uh, take up their back and um, get them back home. Uh, we provide a uh, inviting location at the chapels and we have a trained listening ear that's there. As many as we can, we try to provide not only a staff chaplain, an associate chaplain, but also volunteers so that we're manned all the time, uh, at least in the daytime hours. And in some cases we have evening hours um, uh, after, after uh, midnight. Uh, each year hundreds of lives are changed as they re receive the spiritual help and biblical uh, principles that we give them uh, through the Bible. Uh, through a corporate chaplain's network, CCN, also in addition to ours, and by the way, there's a board downstairs in the fellowship room. Uh, we would encourage you after the service to come down and look at all the different programs that are within uh, TFC Global, and uh, they are many. And in addition to the, the, what we do in the chapels, we go to the trucking companies themselves 
and also to warehouses, to docks, to railroad yards where truckers go to get their loads and so forth. And we minister to them on that point. Now managers and company corporates really love this aspect of it because it brings to these drivers uh, a, a need um, and awareness of going out and um, having somebody come to them, giving them a fresh start for the day, changes their attitudes on the road. The, the, uh, the company CEOs love this. Our goal is to share the good news that God loves all people and wants a relationship with them, and so do we. Isaiah 26.3 says, Thou will keep him in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on thee, because he trusteth in thee, and trust ye in the Lord um, forever. For in him Jehovah is an everlasting strength. Most of our chapels are stationary, and they're located in, in, um, in places where drivers pass by. We do have two units that we keep in Marietta, Pennsylvania, which is our main office. That's also our, our international office where Lynn and I work. Uh, and we keep them there for shows and truck rallies and so forth. And, but staying consistently in one location gives the drivers an idea that there's uh, a place where they can depend on to be there and be open when they get there. Um, these are the different locations in the United States and it hasn't been updated yet as far as uh, the Blue Stars are concerned because of the merger with T T TCCM with TFC Global and so uh, I'd just like to move on to this important part. This is one aspect of this ministry that I'd really like to key in on today because this is so dear to my heart. Ever since I became uh, involved with this ministry, I become more aware of what's going on all over the world uh, with TFC Global and not only that, but for reaching out to truck drivers worldwide and bringing uh, salvation to them through the word of the Lord. So um, we bring them the good news. Jeremiah 31, 21 says, set up waymarks, make the high heaps, set thine heart toward the highway, even the way which thou went before. And Matthew 22, 9 says, go ye therefore into the highways and as many as you shall find, bid to the marriage. That's what we need to do. Even here at Old Bridge Baptist Church, we've done that all these years through sharing the gospel. Uh, our overseas ministry uh, started five years ago in, in Moscow, and um, it was under the directors of Murray and Audrey Scott. They were missionaries uh, to Russia. Their son, Reverend Kevin Scott, is now the president of this TFC Global Overseas Ministry, and he is working fervently to bring locations all over the world. Uh, what, a, what a great uh, young man he is and uh, we've seen his work that he's been doing uh, recently. He's uh, shared it with us and these uh, uh, locations are a result of what he's been doing. Uh, he and his dad continue developing and expanding the ministry and we focus on developing a partnership and affiliations with NGOs, which is non-government organizations, in other countries. And then working with them to effectively reach truck drivers. In Russia, we originally partnered with co-missions in their objective to evangelize the former Soviet Union, and that way we got our foot in the door there. When the ministry started in, in Moscow, we realized the truckers came from all over the world, and uh, Europe in, included in bringing goods in, but trucks aren't permitted in Moscow. They're too heavy, the roads weren't built for that. And so they have to park outside of Moscow. And outside of Moscow, there's a road that they call the Ring Road, which is a 120-mile road that's uh, there. 
and all you see are trucks parked alongside that whole road all the way around waiting to unload their goods. They bring smaller trucks into, mosque, into uh, these ring road to unload a truck a little bit at a time. But the unfortunate thing is that the drivers don't get to go home right away because those merchants sell the goods first before they come back out to get another load off of the trucks. And so drivers sit there for weeks and months before they can try to return home. And then they have to wait until they're unloaded to make sure that they can get a load to go home. Uh, they cook next to their trucks with hibachis. They, uh, they don't have any real truck stops there, although now there's a, a couple that uh, have risen up, and, um, uh, but they're, they're not much. This is what a truck stop looked at in 1994. And you can see there's mud all around, there's, there's no order to anything. Uh, that's in 1994, and um, the uh, situation since then hasn't changed too much. As you can see on that bottom picture, the rubble is still there, and this is in 2004, uh, I believe it is. Uh, but they, they started to, to form truck stops in the late 1990s. And you can't imagine what a truck stop there is compared to what the United States is. There is no bathrooms. There are no showers. Rarely can you get anything to eat if, any, at, if at any time they do have something. Overnight, a truck stop could close because the owner of the truck stop didn't pay a particular government official down or the mafia comes in and says, you gotta close. Uh, the mafia is a constant uh, uh, itch in the sides of the truckers because they try to steal everything that there is uh, around them. And um, in the snow, as drivers come in, they uh, could run over some of these uh, the rubble and, and ruin their trucks as they're trying to park. Now the interesting thing is that's our chapel on the top uh, left. And um, you can see as compared to what was in one of the first frames that there's no opulence there. If we showed that there was any kind of uh, money whatsoever put inside of these trucks, uh, the mafia or the government would come and steal it to uh, to do something else with it. And so uh, uh, we have to keep everything very low key. Uh, this current chapel is a permanent chapel. It's on a, on a truck stop location that the man who owns it uh, has a government deed that allows him a 50 year contract on that deed. And as, that's as long as he keeps paying the taxes on it. Uh, but he, they supply some, some uh, staples to the drivers, which is uh, borscht and, and some tea and some crackers uh, until it all runs out that particular day. And so uh, this is again another one. But you notice on the, on the left lower that there's a, um, uh, a picture of a truck in the hands of God and it's uh, John 3.16, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever should believe in him should not perish but have everlasting life. And that's on all of our chapels all over the world. Uh, we put that uh, on there. Um, this is a picture of, of um, uh, Chaplain Alexander with the white hair. And uh, he's been with TFC uh, for 24 years. Murray Scott, the, the founder of TFC uh, out there in, in Russia, is in the middle. and then. Chaplain Vladimir is on the left side. Um, 
he's the one without the hair. <laughs> um, but uh, they know at any time they may be killed. And a lot of missionaries in the world rec recognize the fact that when they go into certain lands, that might be a problem for them. They might be killed for their faith. They might be killed for anything. Uh, and so they might be killed by an irate truck driver who's on vodka that day when he comes into the chapel. They never know. They're not allowed to carry weapons. And so they're, they're in harm's way a lot of the times. Um, the fellow in the black jacket on the lower right picture is Gennady. Gennady is a former Soviet soldier. Um, he comes to Moscow six times um, uh, a week and um, at six times a year also he comes there. He got so touched by hearing the gospel message that he went out and started bringing, dragging truck drivers in to hear the message. Uh, he was so impressed with the message that he went and he got his wife, he got his daughter, he got his son to come in. He got his father to come into the chapel to receive Christ as his Savior. But he himself didn't accept Christ as his Savior. He said for all the heinous crimes, the atrocities that he committed as a Soviet soldier, he didn't think God could ever forgive him. And what he found out from bringing all of these people in, uh, that through the Bible studies and the prayers and so forth, he found that Jesus Christ could forgive him and he repented of everything himself and he found Christ uh, and now he lives for the Lord. Romans 3.10 says there is none righteous, no not one. But Romans 5.8 says, but God commendeth love for us and that while we were yet sinners Christ died for us and Gennady got it. Uh, Leary, who is the uh, fellow in the large checkered shirt there in the middle linking arms with uh, Murray Scott, uh, became a Christian at the chapel. And during uh, a moment of family crisis five years ago, he and his whole family uh, had uh, come to the chapel, recognized where they were going with arguments and so forth in their life, and they, they all accepted the Lord. One day, uh, Leary called up uh, Murray and uh, pa uh, Chaplain Alexander and said, my mother's on a deathbed, uh, she's in a hospital, and they called her up on a phone, and in a 20-minute conversation, uh, Chaplain Alexander led her to the Lord, and two days later, she died. 20 minutes that separated hell from heaven. Today is the day of salvation for some. In that uh, picture here, of course, you see Gennady. He's, he was, he's constant there, <laughs> always bringing people in, but circled are those papers and that paper gives us legal uh, presence in that truck stop area so that we can minister to that and not only that it makes the whole truck stop and any ground that it touches beyond that an evangelistic opportunity to present Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior that is so unique in Russia there's there's no other church like that that has that ability to go out and um, our, our uh, our goal again is to pastor with NGOs and reach truckers uh, all over everyone's country. Drivers park their trucks on the side of the road. They walk miles to town uh, sometimes to try to get some, some food and vegetables. Um, I'd like to key in on Africa right now. Africa is a really fascinating in area. 
many years ago, 16 years ago, in uh, Chirunda, uh, Africa, um, we got an opportunity to, to go there. And um, in Africa, truckers are considered to be the lowest class of people possible because it was thought that they are the carriers of the AIDS virus. And they're destroying the, the continent. Truckers are not welcome into most places of business. They're not welcome in churches or towns. The main highway running uh, through the continent from South Africa northwards is known as the AIDS Highway. And uh, it's because of that fact of these drivers. Uh, drivers wait at multiple border crossings. Uh, they, uh, they face war, strife, never knowing at all if they'll ever return home. Uh, female drivers continually face the fear of rape, of uh, harassment, of being held hostage uh, by army abuse, and uh, they're all at the hands of the rebels. They understand death, they understand despair and hopelessness, but John 10.10 says that I am come that they might have life and that they might have it more abundantly. So drivers park their trucks on the roads when they're traveling. They'll walk miles into a town to try to get a meal or some groceries to take along. They don't want to be associated with trucking or they'll be shunned and uh, driven out of town. And um, there's 4.5 million licensed truck drivers in Africa today. Uh, again, our goal is to, uh, to uh, partner with NGOs in reaching the truckers. Uh, the, the Nationals register as an NGO to ensure that we follow their local laws. In Zambia, we pop, uh, partner with uh, uh, Gospel Servants Ministry and their founder, David uh, Firee, and he's on the right-hand side there. Uh, David and his family are, are really unique in, in um, how they've partnered with us and how they've grown this ministry. Uh, in, um, I guess it was uh, 10 years ago, Kevin Scott went there and was reviewing the whole facility that he had. And they found out that there was not a shower in the country for truck drivers. And as a result, he got together a bunch of people. We supplied them the, uh, the funds for the materials to be bought and they built a shower for the truck drivers on the premises of uh, where David ministers. And um, that was the first of its kind. Um, also, we use materials that are geared for the truck drivers. That's the picture of the shower. But we use simple uh, Bible covers, uh, roadmap uh, uh, to life. And these drivers have been put down so terribly that they feel that they, they, nobody loves them at all. But when they see a picture of a truck on a Bible or in a magazine, they realize that somebody really cares about truck drivers. And so that's an in for us to get to talk to them. And um, we share uh, with them everything that we can just for truckers. And they understand death too, but the gift of a new life was new to them. Romans 6.23 says, for the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life through Christ Jesus our Lord a real revelation to them. Trust, truck stops are very basic in Africa. There's nothing that really would excite you about going to a truck stop. They park down on the bottom in the mud and the rain and the dust. Uh, if you look at the blue building up at the top, it says Pepsi on it. That's where the meals are, are um, cooked. The waitresses bring the meals outside to the hut that's outside. The drivers aren't allowed inside the building. Uh, but the waitresses are there 
and they provide a dual duty and expect the drivers to buy their, their, um, uh, their personal services. Um, the, uh, the left picture is Chaplain David, and he's reaching up to a lady by the name of Nancy. And Nancy owns that truck. She and her husband bought it. They were making a living to feed their children. They were on the road together. Her husband was killed by a, uh, a band of rebels. Uh, their load was stolen. And uh, she realizes that she has to continue driving truck to feed her children because she has no other means of, of, of support or, or work. And so uh, she's out there, she was fearful. Any day she could be raped, any day she could be held hostage, any day she could be abused by any kind of army that comes across her, especially when she has to wait at all these border crossings. She accepted Jesus Christ as her Lord and Savior there. And uh, she said since that day that she's accepted Jesus as Lord and Savior, she's lost all her fear of what men can do to her. So uh, Nancy is, is really uh, a great example. These other fellows that are on the other side uh, uh, accepted the Lord also that same day. Uh, but for Nancy, she realized John 8.32, and you shall know the truth, the truth shall make you free. And uh, these drivers also experienced that for the first time, that they were, they were free of their sins, they were free of their problems, and uh, they were learning about their, their faith. Uh, Chaplain David and his family live on the, on the grounds of, uh, oh, I wanted to get back to one other thing. In Chirundo Ministry, uh, it, it's got its own generator. And uh, it's the only one for miles and miles and miles around. You can see it 20 miles away in the darkness, sometimes even further if the night is clear. And they leave that light on as a beacon for drivers to come to. They, Chirundo is unique in the fact that it sits on a hill which sits on a riverbank and across the border is, is uh, another, another country. And so um, uh, it draws people into that ministry. And uh, uh, John 8:12 says, Then spake Jesus again unto them, saying, I am the light of the world, and he that followeth me shall not walk in darkness, but shall have the light of life. And so we recognize that fact, that that's such an important place and it's a draw to, to people and truck drivers. But also we have another program called Exit 58. And as I said before, these waitresses have dual uh, uh, purposes of being at the truck stop. Um, but uh, here is the ministry center and uh, it shows you the training facility that we now have to, to train up other chaplains and also the training school that we have down the bottom for uh, boys and girls um, to come in and, and learn of a different way of life than what they were doing. Um, there were 13 women that marched into the, the uh, center one day, towing their, their children behind them, yelling uh, at David and, and uh, his wife Fatima. Uh, they were asking them, why are, they, why are you doing this to us? Why are you doing this to us? We cannot survive like this. And they said, what, what are we doing? And, and he said, you're, you're, you're changing these lives of these truck drivers and they're, they're not buying our services anymore and our children are starving. And so they, they shared the gospel message with these women and that same day um, they were able to bring them to the Lord. They put them into the training school where they're able to show them a different lifestyle and, and uh, learn different trades so that they can make the money to feed their children. 
and then they enrolled all of their children in the school free of charge uh, just to bring back uh, you know, some peace and uh, to show them that God loves them. Um, Mark says, suffer not the little children to come unto me and forbid them not as such as of the kingdom of God. And verily I say to you, whoever shall not receive the kingdom of God as a little child, he shall not enter therein. And this is the beauty of the gospel, folks, is that it's so simple to understand that even a child can hear it and embrace it and know that God loves them and that they can have eternal life. And so uh, here's a, a picture of the classrooms of the children there. And then Peter uh, on the left here, uh, he came in and was uh, trained in the, the Chaplain Training Institute. And uh, he, uh, he went out and, and started preaching right away. And Joshua, his partner, uh, is pictured up there as well. And they became Christians in Toronto Ministry Center and immediately began sharing about God to anyone who would listen. And at the same time, they continue studies, are now chaplains and are going out. They are full-time. They've started daily Bible studies. They have 19 Bible studies a day on the Copper Belt Road, and they're, they're uh, doing a wonderful, wonderful job of leading people to Christ. Um, our newest partnership in Tanzania is, is uh, the Norbit and, and Friends uh, Ministry. They contacted us asking us to partner because truck drivers were sharing with them the wonderful work of God and what he was doing down below. And these people wanted to be a part of that. So they contacted us and uh, they approached Kevin about a year ago and uh, we are coming uh, to them and providing with them all the needed materials and to be able to impact this ministry, especially on opening up the different borders that are there. Our purpose and the goal was actually to, to reach across from one ocean to the other ocean uh, across Africa, and we're starting to see it come into fruition. The impact of this ministry is uh, solely of the Lord opening up orders and drivers passing the word that Jesus made a difference in their lives. Isaiah 61 says, the spirit of the Lord was upon me because the Lord hath anointed me to preach the good tidings unto the meek. He has sent me to bind up the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captives and the opening of the prisons to them that are bound. These people lived in a prison all their lives. They just didn't realize what that prison was doing to them and that they found a new way. Um, David and, and two pastors were cho chosen to go to Chirunda to study the tr uh, and train under David. And uh, these two folks um, studied hard. They spent days at, I'm not talking eight hours and then go home and have some lunch or supper or anything like that. They would study 12 and 14 hours a day. They were really jamming it in on how much they, they could learn. And they spent days in the classroom and became very productive and then went to the truck stops and the border crossings to put into practice and what they learned. And the first day that they went out, they were very, very nervous. And uh, they, were, uh, they were able to lead uh, seven people to Christ that day. Um, but God is using these people all over the place. Now recently, my wife and I had a training of our own where we went and we spent four days of intense training. And folks, I don't ever want to go through that again, but it was very, very good. Uh, and, uh, but we met there a fellow by the name of Marcelo uh, Sores and his wife Dalva. And um, they were coming up from uh, uh, Parar Parar Pararanga uh, 
Brazil, and they were learning themselves. And they joined us back in 2014, and they've been setting up ministry locations in Paranagua and in Imbatupa, and also in Paraguay, Asuncion, and in San Antonio. And um, those, those two uh, uh, in Paraguay are just recently. Um, but they've been doing extreme work down there. And uh, it was interesting because we had such a language barrier. But you know, Google really helped us out because we took our smartphones and we translated between one another all the words that we needed to say. But here's how God worked way before that. In 2014, Marcelo had contacted our, our uh, headquarters, international headquarters in Marietta, Pennsylvania. And he wrote a, a, a letter in Portuguese. Now, the lady who does our Highway News and Good News magazine is named Inge Kronig, and she's Norwegian, but was born and raised in Brazil and speaks fluent Portuguese. And when the letter came in, she was able to read it to everybody, and it was Marcelo begging for any information that he could get to, uh, to start ministries down there and to partner with us. And so God set into purpose and plan way before that, Inge being born many, many years before so that this, this prayer could be answered. And so uh, they started uh, talking and, and uh, uh, back in 2017, we, we partnered with them. Kevin Scott went down there to meet them. And um, so it was a real, uh, real awareness of how God was working into the ministry. Uh, and Marcelo is there in the light blue shirt and he's with uh, Marcio, who is the chairman of the Case-PR, which I can't translate that, but it, it, uh, it means um, something like Brothers of the Road down there. And uh, it's a Brazilian NGO affiliate and uh, we reach drivers who spend days waiting in a line like that to get into a port to unload their load. The port accepts 1,400 trucks a day. That line has got at least 17, if not 1,800 trucks waiting in line. Um, and then when the day opens up and, and they open up the, the, uh, the port for the drivers to come in, it's bedlam. <laughs> and as you can see by the picture, trucks are going this way and this way and this way. And <laughs> I don't know how they get through uh, to do what they need to do. Um, but. Um, they're never guaranteed that once they get into the port that they're gonna get unloaded. They get into a place where they get a parking spot like that and they just uh, sometimes sit there for days waiting for their number to be called up. But in the interim, we're out there preaching the gospel to them and these drivers accepted the Lord. Um, many volunteers work with us to, uh, to bring about the gospel message and they were trying to figure out a way to get the drivers into the chapels. And one way they do it is to give free haircuts they do um, blood pressure checking and they do uh, blood glucose checking also. And the drivers are so appreciative of somebody who cares about them that it's an easy in for them to come in. And so uh, that works real well. Now this is one of the vehicles, a mobile chapel that uh, TFC uh, had requested of our chaplains to raise money to buy this. This vehicle cost $2,500 not only to purchase it, but also to uh, revamp it into a mobile chapel. It doesn't look like any of our mobile chapels, but re 
Over on the right-hand corner in the right frame there, there's a little round uh, insignia, and that's our insignia on there as well to associate them with us. And um, this is a wonderful way. But see, it's a dual purpose is that at night the side opens up. They can have singing. They can uh, get the drivers who are lonesome, who don't have anything to do but sit in their trucks waiting for the morning to unload, to come and listen to a message. And then also in the daytime, they open it up in the back so that they can come in and, as a chapel. And so that's, uh, that's a wonderful opportunity that our, our chaplains had. Um, a year after the ministry be began in, in Paranagua, uh, we were approached by a group from Impatuba who uh, was the port president. And he had noticed that a lot of things were changing in the driver's lives that were coming into the port. And he sent people out to try to find out what was the difference because they were so angry before they would come in and they'd have fights all over the place. There was a lot of crashes. There was a lot of uh, thievery going on and everything else. But things started calming down. And he found out from, the, from polling the drivers that they were receiving Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior. And it was slowly taking over things. And so he opened up a section in his port where drivers could drive in and they could receive the word, they can get a free Bible there, they could come and they can pray, and so it was an opportunity that this started out uh, from a privately owned port. And um, the ministry, uh, uh, CGIE, translate to here, I mean, I'm sorry, uh, GIE, again, translates to Brothers of the Road. And so um, this is a, another thing that Marcello had, had initiated down there. Uh, you all know these seagoing containers but we're finding that we can buy these containers cheaply uh, for about anywhere from $1,500 to $2,000 and to turn them over into a chapel. And the ports are now allowing us to put these chapels as a permanent location on these ports. And uh, uh, in Paraguay, we recently opened up uh, in two ports, Asuncion and San Antonio, and uh, we're doing the same thing now. Where Paraguay is located is in the middle of, of South America, in Brazil. And there's a little snaky river that goes up, at, but it's a deep water river, just enough for these sea container ships to go in and pick up uh, loads in the middle of the country. And so we're able to open up a ministry there. Um, well, this is a permanent location in the port, and Matthew 936 says but when he saw the multitudes he was moved with compassion and because of uh, they fainted and were scattered abroad as sheep having no shepherd then said he to the disciples the harvest truly is plenteous but the laborers are few therefore pray ye the Lord of the harvest that he will send forth the laborers into his harvest there's a completion of the volunteers this is one whole church that got behind uh, TFC Global and Marcello and uh, GIE to become volunteers to reach out to the truck driver and to use an, uh, the gifts and talents that God had given them in the church to share the gospel message and they're becoming most effective uh, by using the gifts and recognizing their gifts. Um, so they were in completion, uh, or, uh, uh, completion for the Impetuba Chapel and this is Chaplain Alexandria and Marcello on the right-hand frame there. So we recognize that prayer works. And so um, TSCG tomorrow, where, where are we going? Uh, 
anywhere in the world that God wants to send us, we're open to it. We're so appreciative of the opportunities that God gives us by people calling in, by the message that's going out, by churches like this that support me in, in going forth. And you're not supporting me now, you're supporting the mission, which is the most important thing because it's the mission that's out there in the world that can use other people that come in. And uh, so we're thankful for that. So let me just um, recap um, for a minute here. We brought up with you Isaiah 35, 8, a highway shall be there, a highway of holiness. God has many highways open up throughout the world, and he's opening up even more. John 3.16, of course, so God, God so loved the world, he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever should believe in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. He wants none that perish. He wants a relationship with everyone. Isaiah 26.3 said, Trust in the Lord forever, for in the Lord Jehovah is everlasting strength. And in Matthew 22.9, Go into the highways and bid them all to the marriage feast. This church has been a lighthouse in this area. For years has been doing that, to bid them in, uh, to, to share with them the good news of the gospel and to change their lives for the right. And um, in Romans 3.8 it says, God commendeth his love towards us and that while we're still sin sinners, Christ died for us. Gennady got it. John 10.10, 10, Jesus said, I am come that you might have eternal life and that you might have life more abundantly. Romans 6.23 again said, For the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life. And John 14.6 said, Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life, and that no man cometh unto the Father but by me. And I believe this is the same I am that God said to Moses that he was in Exodus 3. I am that I am. I think that Jesus was identifying himself as not only Jesus, the Savior, the Lord, but also God. Mark 10, uh, 14 says, Come as a child, trusting, forgiving, simply asking forgiveness and accepting Christ today. And then Romans 10, 9 and 10, that if you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus Christ and shall believe in your heart that God has raised him from the dead, thou shalt be saved. For with the heart man believeth unto righteousness, and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. Folks, not only can I thank you so much for your support for me over the years. You've been supporting me since 2002. I feel like a Moses that I can go on, you know, until the Lord shows me the promised land and then takes me home. I want to work for him because he did so much for me. And so, Father, I'm going to ask you today that perhaps you have never accepted Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. You didn't have that opportunity for someone to explain that message, that good news to you, to set you free. I'd like to give you that opportunity today. I'd like for you to, to, uh, to think on those things that I was just talking about. The scripture says not to let our, our, uh, uh, the sun go down on our sins, but to acknowledge him in all our ways. And so, if you have never accepted Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, I want you to be bold today. I want you, before this church service is over, to really think about what God has in store for you in your life. I want you to experience the talents and the gifts that he can put on you, that he can share with you, that he can encourage you, that he can use in you to maybe even be a missionary. 
Let's have a word of prayer.